Continue, continue, continue. I like all those uh, declarations. <laughs> Everybody, you are making declaration. Why did you stop? <laughs> Amen. 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 We are honored. We are highly favored. We are blessed. And all the viewers. Amen. 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 How has your day been? Eventful. <laughs> good. Good and blessed. Not as cold as they say it is. <laughs> well, I don't know about the cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's continue where we stopped last week. Reflection, please. Uh, okay, well, I will start with a, a little bit of what I remember. Um, oh, I wasn't there. I missed everything. Um, we stood on uh, Genesis chapter 49. And uh, though we are looking at the entire chapter, the emphasis was on, uh, I think, verse verse 1 to 4. And um, we looked at how Jacob interacted um, with his his children. Um, we saw that uh, Jacob got to the point where he knew that he was. Um, about to depart and therefore he was uh preparing to to bless uh his children and um you mentioned that uh, it would be a good thing for us if uh our relationship with God was such that we would not be taken suddenly. And usually when someone is taken suddenly, it speaks to the quality of their relationship with God. Therefore, we are trusting that we will not be taken suddenly, but like, like Jacob, we will have the opportunity to have an idea of when we are about to depart so that uh, we can set our houses in order the way that Jacob uh, sought to do before we depart. Um, he said there are three things that we need to be constantly be mindful of. Um, are we obeying God? Are we respecting one another? Are we displaying respect and honor one to another? Um, he said that sometimes when we suffer affliction, 
it is as a result of our own disobedience. If God asks us to do something and we decide not to do it because of pride or self-will, it could have very serious repercussions for us. And you gave an example of a lady who received a word, an instruction, and she failed to do it. And as a result of that, uh, in later years, she suffered very serious um, illness. And looking back, um, there was a realization that uh, several years ago, an instruction was received, but she felt that it was not the thing to do and therefore didn't proceed to do that which God had asked her to do. So we are, ought to be mindful that when we receive an instruction from God, uh, we should not allow self to get in the way, but we should be diligent in ensuring that uh, we do that which God has um, asked of us. Uh, we do not have the power to dictate life or death. Or to do what we want to do. So, um, and a lot of times we try to do things to uh, please men rather than God. And as a result, there are serious consequences um, for us. Um, you said that forgiveness is the ability for us to release ourselves from anger and bitterness after the, the person who has offended us has apologized. And um, our attitude and behavior at during the times when we have been offended is very critical. We need to be mindful of our attitude and our behavior in times of offense. And we should seek to forgive those who have offended us. Um, in, in Genesis chapter four, uh, 49, we saw where Jacob was about to pass on his blessings, um, the blessings that came down from Abraham because God blessed Abraham and Abraham passed on the blessings to his descendants. And Jacob was about to pass on the blessings to his children. But not many of them were qualified to receive the blessings. Uh, we were reminded that Jacob's name was changed to Israel. It was his anointed name, his covenant name that was given to him by God. And the word of the Lord says, um, the children of Israel should assemble. They should gather together and listen to the word of Israel. And that reminds us that we who are Christians should be diligent in assembling ourselves, uh, our gathering in the house of God is the assembly. We need to assemble and listen 
to the anointed word of God, and we should yield our will unto the Lord our God and allow him to lead us. And um, we looked at uh, the life of, or the, the behavior of Reuben and his attitude and why he lost the blessing that was afforded him as the firstborn. And we also need to be mindful in what we do to ensure that we do not lose the blessing that God is sending forth unto us in this season. In Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Shall we appreciate her? All right. Who else? Next, please. Thank you very much, Minister Carol. Who else, please? I'm next. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> okay. So last week, we looked on the topic, how parents speak to their children. And um, the main focus, as Minister, the Minister of Fire Carol said, was taken from Genesis 49. And we looked on how Jacob and his children how he was about to hand on his blessing to his children. We also looked on the fact that um, you spoke about keeping. You said keeping is managing. And as the Lord said, if you love me, you will feed my sheep. And then you also spoke about feeding. You said feeding is life. Feeding is teaching like what you're doing now. You're teaching us the word of God. We looked at three aspects of teaching. We said we have to be obedient. We have to respect the word of God. And we have to honor God. We also spoke about the different types of disobedience when we are ungodly and the sinners and the scornful. An ungodly person is known. An ungodly person knows the truth but decides to go his own way. The sinner does things to offend God and the scornful hear the word and know the word and they try to mock God. You also look at the difference of guilt and conviction. So that guilty, when someone is guilty, it makes them make, it makes one feel offended and conviction is this comes from the Holy Spirit. And when once, once, once someone is um, convicted, they would want to repent. We also looked on the birth of Reuben, which, which Jacob has with his wife Leah. And Jacob didn't really love Leah. Um, so when Leah gave birth to Reuben, she named Reuben um Reuben which means that my husband will love me we also talk about what um first fruit means um we were taught that first fruit means everything that I am God has given unto me 
and we and Ruben was um, the first fruit of hardworking like his father. He was diligent. Um, he was the first fruit of strength, the first fruit of our labor, um, the first fruit um, is born of power and the firstborn of excellence. Um, we also looked on the fact that why Reuben was not able to receive the blessing from his father was because he had slept with his father's concubine. And as of such, he was not able to inherit the blessing from his father. We also said that um, Jacob said that Reuben was unstable like water. And finally, um, you, we looked at who a matrix is and we were taught that a matrix is the high priest of the family. I'll start there. Oh, good, good, good. Shall we all appreciate Susan Nish? All right, all right. The last one, please. The last one. Hello, everybody. All right. If nobody else wants to speak. Okay. So today, before we start, let's look at, let's take our creed. Um, please. Okay. Welcome to the Garden of Wisdom for the Gathering of Wisdom Bible Studies. The Garden of Wisdom is a place where we discover and dig out the knowledge that leads and directs us on the path of righteousness to fulfill our destiny, our divine destiny. Please repeat after me. I am here in the Garden of Wisdom. I am here in the garden of wisdom to gather wisdom, to gather wisdom, to drink from the well of wisdom, to drink the well of wisdom, to receive instruction, to receive instruction, direction, direction, and guidance. And, and I, according to the plan and purpose, according to the plan and purpose that the Lord has predestined for my life. That the Lord has predestined for my life. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it all in Jesus' name. I receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So today we continue our studies with how Jacob blessed by decreeing and declaring, making declarations 
upon his children about the things that are to come. And everybody's blessings was based on their character, their behavior, the things they have done, right or wrong. Whatever they have done in their lives was formulated into what will happen in the future. That was formulated into their blessings and curses. So here we have the tribe of Simon today. Last week we did the tribe of Reuben. Reflection has been given, so I'm not touching it unless there is a need, then I'll make a reference. Genesis 49, verse 5 to 7. Genesis 49, verse 5 to 7 says, Simon and Levi are brothers. Weapons of violence are their souls. Let my soul come not into their counsel. Oh, my glory, be not joined to their company. For in their anger, they killed men. And in their willfulness, the Armstrong oxen. Cares be their anger, for it is fierce. And their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. This is a very, very deep expression of pain, bitterness, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Now, we are looking at forgiveness. And uh, as we go on this teaching, I will encourage everybody that you should try and use this information to help yourself, your family members, and especially your children. Because sometimes we don't realize that we are destroying our own children, our own family. And the question that keep coming to me that I keep pondering on is that God blessed Abraham. God said to Abraham, whoever blesses you shall be blessed and whoever curses you shall be cursed. And the Lord said, I have blessed you and I will bless you exceedingly. And the Lord showed him the sky and showed him the stars. The Lord showed him the sun of the sea. And the Lord says, this is how you prosper. Like multitudes on earth, you shall be a multitude on earth, which is today. And, uh, I want us to start looking at Simon. Who is Simon? We will not discuss Levi today because 
I want us to understand a lot and I want us to be able to say, this is a lesson I'm taking away for me, for my children, for many generations known or unknown. This is what I wanna to do to repair what has gone wrong in my family. So who is Simon? Simon is a second born son of Leah to Jacob. So he's a second child of Jacob and is a male child. Jacob was the patriarch father of the 12 tribes of Israel who received the Abrahamic covenants. According to uh, 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 Simon's mother Leah, when he was given name to Simon, he named Simon, Simon. Simon means, or Simeon, depending on the uh, uh, tonation and uh, uh, pronunciation and assets. Simeon means God had heard that Jacob preferred his sister, Rachel, or he has heard of my suffering. So every child, that uh, 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 Leah named, excuse my language, she was very sarcastic with the, some of the meanings of the names that she gave to her children. And because of the, the, the meaning she attached to the names, it caused pain in the life of the children because indirectly she was putting a wall in the children. She was cursing the children to hate, to dislike one another. And this is one thing that happens among a lot of mothers. Jabesh mother named him Sorrow, a child of sorrow because of some form of disagreement. So here comes Simon's name. Simeon means God heard that Jacob preferred my sister <laughs> instead of me. My sister Rachel. And God has heard my suffering. Well, whatever that means, let's go down. What is the characteristics of Simeon after the mother had given him such a worrying name? Simeon, at the age of 14, at the age of 14, <laughs> was a strong man, very influential. He single-handedly at the age of 14, slaughtered the men of Shechem, almost 100 men, 14-year-old boy, slaughtered men of his father's age. Hmm. And uh, the only assistant he had was Levi whom he convinced his junior brother to go with him. 
he also captured 100 women and married one of them, Bona. Simon was fearless, antagonistic, spiteful, full of anger, hatred. He was a man, he has been described as a man of anger and violence, a man of envy and hatred, a man of murder and lies. He was jealous of their father's love for Joseph. So he motivated and cons conspired with his brothers to hate Joseph because their father loves Joseph. He instigated and conspired that Joseph must be killed. So he spearheaded the notion to kill Joseph. He was the one who threw, he physically carried Joseph and threw Joseph into the pits. <laughs> he didn't like the idea that Joseph had to be salvaged from the pit and sold into slavery. For him, Joseph must die. Mm. But Judah said, no, Joseph must not die. So Judah is the one who brought, who made sure Joseph was sold instead of being killed. Mm. I will jump here to another part of the story, which I'll come back to later. You know, when Joseph discovered his brothers when they came to Egypt, and he told them to go and bring his brother, Benjamin. You know, he kept Simon in prison. Mm, yeah. Okay. Now, why did he keep Simon in prison? He was scared that if Simon should go back with his brothers, Simon is always conspiring to kill and to destroy if he was he single-handedly killed over a hundred men, rulers, yeah. people of authority, what would he not do to his brothers on the way? So he was scared that Simon could plan the killing of Benjamin. Yeah. And in order for him not to destroy any of his brothers again, Jacob uh, Joseph decided the best way is to, is to keep him in prison mm. so that the other brothers could go safely and return with Benjamin. Because he was very, very fierce yeah. Violent, full mm -hmm. of hatred and anger, always conspiring against people. Can you imagine killed a ruler at age 14? Mm. If he could do all that evil at the age 14, 
Joseph was aware. This is the guy who wanted to kill me. This is the guy who threw me into the pit. This is the guy who says my blood must be shed. This is the guy who said my father must be told that an animal killed me. So Joseph decided, mm -mm, we don't know what he could do on the way. Let's keep him in prison until all the others come. Oh my goodness. So because of the kind of person he is who instigated lies about the whereabouts of Joseph, who caused their father to believe Joseph has been killed by a fierce animal. Joseph later tells his brothers when he kept Simon in prison until his brothers returned to Canaan. That's the only way to save the other parties. So Joseph purposely kept Simon behind to separate him from Levi to avoid another catastrophe on their way to Africa to bring Benjamin. Because the only reason why they, were, they, they had to go back is because they had to go bring Benjamin. Simon played an effective role in the conspiracy to destroy Joseph. So that is why <clears throat> when you hear what the father said, the father says something very interesting. He said in um, Genesis, Genesis chapter 49, verse 7, cares be their anger for it is fierce and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. That means I will not let them be united with anybody because they are always conspiring and instigating. Mm -hmm. And his spirit was in his children. Before we go there, let us finish the second part of it. Now, Simeon's anger. His sister Diana was defiled, raped by a Hivite named Shechem. Shechem is the name of a town. And Shechem is a place where Many years later, they would uh, they would go, you know, to go. Uh, uh, they, they took their sheep, rearing their sheep, and Jacob would send Joseph to go to Shechem to go and buy uh, to go and give provisions to his brothers. Shechem is a place where they sold Joseph into slavery. That was where they wanted to kill him and they ended up selling him into slavery. So Shechem is a great city in those days. And Shechem, uh, 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 the, the gentleman who raped Dinah was a prince. His name was Shechem in the city of the Hivites. So out of anger, that 
his sister was raped. When the rape took place, the family of Shechem, the king, the elders of Shechem, came to Joseph, uh, came to Jacob to come and plead forgiveness for what their son has done because that act is an abomination in that environment in those days. Rape is an abomination. Anybody who commits rape was killed. So having come over to Jacob and they pleaded and asked forgiveness, Jacob now said, okay, we will go into an agreement. We would sign a peace treaty. That means that we will not be a hindrance to you and you not be a hindrance to us. We shall live together in peace. But the only way our relationship will also permit marriage is that all your men has to be circumcised. And they agreed. And so while they were planning the circumcision as a point of unity for them to have intermarital relationship, Simeon was in vexation, angry, planning evil against what his father had agreed with the Shechemites. And guess what? The Bible says in Genesis 34, verse one to three, Dinah, daughter of Leah and Jacob, went out to visit some of the Canaanite women. When Shechem, son of the local ruler, Hamon, the Hivite, saw her, he took her and raped her. He became very fond of Jacob's daughter, Dinah. He loved the girl and spoke tenderly to her. Then, the, the seven, Jacob's sons came in from the open country as soon as they heard the news. The men felt outraged and very angry because Shechem had committed such a godless act against Israel's family by raping Jacob's daughter. This shouldn't have happened. Amor told them, my son Shechem has his heart set on your daughter. Please let her marry him. Here, they signed a treaty and they agree that you can marry our children and we can marry your children if only you would go into circumcision and circumcise all the men. And they agreed. Now, while they were in pain, because circumcision is very painful, that is why a baby has to be circumcised uh, before 40 days, a baby boy, before 40 days, when they would not know pain. But listen to what happened. Hmm. Mm. The sons of Jacob conspired to initiate a false treaty with Hamon's family. The treaty required all the men in the city 
to be circumcised. Instead of peace treaty that should have allowed the Israelites and Ammon's family to live together peaceably. Simon led the sons of Jacob to avenge for their sister's defilement. After the men of the city had been circumcised as demanded by Israel, while the men were in pain, Simon and Levi took their swords and mm. attacked the unsuspecting city. They killed every male in the city. Every. Mm. They killed Amon and his son Shechem and rescued their sister out of the house. That is two days later, while the men were still in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simon and Levi, Daniel's brothers, took their swords and boldly attacked the city. They killed every man, including Amon and his son Shechem. They took Dinah from Shechem home and left. Then Jacob's sons stripped the corpses and looted mm. the city. Mm. where their sister had been dishonored. These are children, descendants of Abraham. And this is where we all must be very careful. Anger is the identity of Satan. So the Bible says, get angry, but sin not. Get angry and do not allow the sun to set over your anger. And I keep saying, and I will never stop saying it. If somebody offends you or you are not happy with the person, don't let three minutes pass. Three minutes to become three hours. Three hours to become three days. Three days to become three weeks. Three weeks to become three months. Three months to become three years. Three years to become three decades. Three decades to become three centuries. After three days or three weeks, that anger will become a tree that is growing in your backyard, in your front yard, in your side yard, attacking even unborn generations attracting curses into the family. Include, I'm talking to myself as I'm talking to you. We are reading from the Bible. So it is not a story that I make up. And I'm not preaching this because of anybody. I am preaching this because the Lord sent me and sent me to myself and to anybody who is willing to be taught. So here, <laughs> oh my goodness, I am sad for myself. I am sad for, for my mother. My mother used to be very, very angry. And some of my siblings are paying for that anger today. Even some of her own sisters, her own brothers and sisters are paying for that anger. So I am not going to lie to you. We all 
are paying for it. I remembered when the Lord said to me, Pauline, if you don't remove your mother's spirit from you, I cannot use you. Yes. I have to delete anger for me. I have to allow things to go. I have to learn forgiveness because I want to enter heaven. It's not just the punishment on earth, but the fact that you can enter heaven is the most painful thing. Let's go on. So here, but the patriarchal blessing, the patriarchal blessings to Simon. Jacob remembered when it was time to bless the children. Jacob remembered the sin of Simon and Levi. So he said, leave Simon and Levi are brothers, the same mother, the same father. Weapons of violence are their souls, which means that they can't control their anger. When they are angry, they are angry. They make their decisions. Nobody can change their mind. Nobody can tell them, don't do what you want to do. If they don't do it openly, they'll do it secretly. After their father had persuaded them and signed a treaty, they still went and did what they wanted to do. What kind of anger do you have? Can you be persuaded? Can the word of God persuade you? Hmm. This is very dangerous. So Jacob said, let my soul come not into their counsel. Hey, which means let me not be a part of their gathering. Let me not be a part of their conspiracy. Let me not be a part of their anger, their judgment the conversations they have in secret, the things they plan to do, let me not be a part. That is a father talking to a son. And he says, let me not be a part of their gathering, of their conspiracy, of their judgment, of their advices, whatever they say. One, Simon was the one that instigated the killing of Joseph. Simon was the one that instigated the, 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 the circumcision of Shechem and the people of, of the town. Simon was the one that turned around to go and kill them. Hey, who influences us? Who advises us? And when he was going, he took the, the young boy, Levi, who does not know anything. Innocent baby was roped into that case. But thank God he was delivered. Let my soul not come into their counsel. Let my glory not be joined to their company. For in their anger, they killed men. And in their willfulness, they hamstrung horses. So their anger is so bad that even animals cannot be spared. 
Hmm. For in their anger, they killed men. And in their willfulness, they armed strong horses. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce. You know, anger has various levels. The level of human is where somebody does something wrong. We parents, our children will do something and we get upset. That is a human part. And you correct them, you whip them, you ginger them, you twist their ears, you whip them. That is human. Another level of anger is demonic. When somebody offend you or aggravate you and you start planning, planning how you will retaliate. You pull away, you don't talk to them, you don't greet them. That now a demon is involved. It doesn't matter whether in church or in the house, you are not talking, you are not relating. That is the demon level. The principality level is where you are looking for opportunity to disgrace, to embarrass, to bring shame, disgrace, and if possible, to kill the person. At the level of principality, anger will start ruling your life and it gives you bitterness. Anytime you see the person, you are just angry. You are bitter and you can suffer headache and all manner of sicknesses can follow because you are allowing anger to rule your life. And anger is a typical characteristic of Satan. Let me leave you there. We'll come back to that. So Jacob said, I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel, which means anytime you allow them to be together, they'll be planning evil. Anytime they are angry, don't let two of them stay together. Immediately, they'll be looking for opportunity to destroy, to kill, to destroy. So don't let them be together. So listen to what happened. Oh my goodness, so sad. May the Lord deliver you and me from the spirit of anger. Simon was one of the brothers who negotiated for the sale of Jacob, uh, Joseph into slavery. I have mentioned that. He was one of those who lied to Jacob. He was powerful as a second one. He lied that Joseph was killed by a wild animal. So when they went to buy bread in Egypt, Joseph had to protect his brothers that, hey, since they have been sent to go and bring Benjamin, if he does not keep Simon away from the rest of the family, any evil can happen. He may sell Benjamin before they get or kill him. So he deliberately took Simon and put him in prison not for punishment, but for the protection of the family. That is why he was not beaten. They did not do anything. They just kept him, you know? God blessed Joseph with so much wisdom. 
He knew his arbitrator. He knew the person who wanted to kill him. He knew who instigated all the evil that happened to him. But because of the fear of God, oh my goodness, Lord, give me this kind of fear of God. To fear you in everything I say and do. Joseph was aware of the wickedness of Simon. Yet, all he did was to protect his brothers and the rest of the family. Kept Simon in prison for him to be there so that he will not destroy the others. And history said, before they could even seize him, he wanted to, he was beating all the, all the men of Egypt because he's very strong. A man who was able to kill over a hundred men. Can you bind him? No, he's a strong man. They really had to fight to seize him. It was Manasseh, the firstborn of Joseph, who persuaded him that they would not harm him before he submitted himself. <clears throat> wow. So, but then you see, Jacob was a man of sympathy. All he was doing was just crying for his son. And when the, uh, the brothers returned to, Egypt, uh, to, to, to Canaan to tell uh, 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 Jacob that the man, the prime minister wanted them to bring Benjamin. And so he has seized Simon. You know, Jacob was very, very sympathetic. He said, oh no, I don't want what happened to Joseph to happen to Simon. Then all of them didn't know that that was Joseph. And of course, Jacob started fearing and crying again for the loss of Joseph. And now he's going to lose Simon. And he started crying. He started crying. You know, so Jacob, in all that he was doing, he was still very sympathetic. He was still very compassionate. But then the act that has happened was to be a basis for Christianity, for the people of God to know how to deal with situation, that every character we display forms part of our blessing and our curses. That is why we have to learn forgiveness. And that is why we don't have to allow ourselves to make decisions when we are angry. And I'm encouraging everybody, do not make decisions when you are upset, when you are angry, when you are provoked. It is not a good time to make a decision. Be careful so that you don't end up destroying all the prayers you have prayed in your life, all the cry you have cried in your life. Don't, don't, don't pour them into, into, into Gehenna. Be careful. Don't make any decision when you are angry and upset. 
kneel down and pray for yourself when you are angry, when you're upset, when somebody provoke you. Careful. So Jacob was expressing sympathy towards the very son that brought pain upon his life. Because after the killing of the, uh, of the Shechem night, they had to quickly hurry up and move out of that city. Otherwise, other towns, people from other towns could come and attack them and kill them for what had happened. Vengeance would have taken place. So here, let's see the manifestation of the curse. The curse that Jacob released upon Simon was manifested after many centuries later. One, because uh, uh, Jacob said they should not be kept together, they were not given a particular land, but they were meant, you know, they were given a portion of the land that was given to Judah because Judah feared God. So Judah had to keep an eye on Simon so that Simon would not go to war with anybody because they are warriors and they could not contain their anger and they, they are always ready to kill. It doesn't matter whether it's an animal that offends them or a human being. So they had to be kept under the jurisdiction of Judah. Another thing that happened is that because of their anger, they were also not allowed to rule, but they were always in the army. They were always in the army because when they go to, the, to, to war, they don't spare anybody. They have to kill everybody. So in this modern time, the Simeonites are part of the missing tribe of Israel. Most of them migrated to different parts of the world, but they stuck together wherever they migrated to. They are known as, um, what's the other name now? Wow. I've forgotten the other name, but they are known as the Spartans in Britain. They occupy some part of Wales in England. And they also occupy some part of Greece. So they are the missing tribe of Israel. And one thing to that happens to them is they are always in war. They are always in the midst of soldiers, military officers. They are warriors. They are leaders of wars wherever they are up to today. They are the warriors in the world. Any society where they are, they stuck together as warriors and they fight. And they fight fiercely. So from the way they fight, those who know their history can easily tell that this is a Simeonite. From the, tribe of, uh, from the tribe of Israel, one of the tribes of Israel. So here, 
uh, Joshua said about them, the second lot was drawn for the families of the tribe of Judah. That's Joshua 19, one to nine. Their inheritance was within Judah. In their inheritance, they received 13 cities and their villages, Beersheba. And then I'll jump to verse, verse seven. There were four other cities with their villages, Ain, Rimon, Ether, and Ashan. All the villages around those cities, as far as Balha, Deir, and Ramah, Negev, were also included. This is the inheritance of the tribe of Simeon for its families. Simeon's inheritance was a part of Judas because Judah had more land than it needed. So Simeon received its inheritance inside Judah's borders. So one thing that is happening today is Simeon is a missing tribe, but wherever they are found, they are together because the curse that came upon them was that they are warriors, they will always be fighting, and they will always be conspirators of evil because that is what they have always been. And this part of this blame goes to the mother, Leah. Leah was fortunate to be given birth, gave birth to the first son, Reuben, and named Reuben after her rival concocted the argument, the disagreement, the bitterness in her heart towards the naming of Reuben. There came again the second child, Simon. She was so rivaling, fighting. She didn't really realize that she was actually given by error or by, by, by conspiracy. She was given by conspiracy as a wife to Jacob. And she was using the children to fight her wars, to express her bitterness. And so Simon picked up that spirit of bitterness, anger, and became a destructive element in the family kills anybody, anytime. Everybody's always afraid of him. Even Joseph as a prime minister was afraid of him. Here, I want us to examine ourselves. We are learning forgiveness. Did Jacob forgive his sons? Yes, of course he did but he has to tell the truth. So telling the truth about their characteristics, their behavior doesn't mean he's cursing them. And that is where we all don't understand. Anytime we are hearing the truth about who we are, we get upset and we assume we are being cursed, but we are not being cursed. The truth is being spoken about who we are. When you look into the mirror, and the mirror is telling you how twisted your nose is. The mirror isn't insulting you. The mirror isn't abusing you. The mirror is telling you 
your nose is twisted. So what do we do? We, the ladies, we take the pancake. <laughs> All kinds of face, you know? You know, uh, when I was in England, there was this friend with whom we were sharing room. And uh, it took time for me to realize that this woman had all kinds of marks on her face. I didn't realize that when she wakes up early in the morning and she goes into the bathroom, all she's doing is making up layers upon layers of different kinds of foundational thick makeup, about three or four types of foundation layers. So before anybody will see her face, she has already masked up her face. And at night, there is this mask that she puts on her face. And one day I asked her, I said, why do you put this on your face before you go to bed? She said it's to remove the pimples on her face. And then one day by mistake, I trampled on her. Her face was all mashed up with all kinds of that I cannot say, I can't even describe it. And the layers upon her face. I said, what? I said, why do you have to do this? Why don't you try to be natural? She said, no, she doesn't want anybody to know who she is. Wow. Now, when we all go to the mirror and we look at our face, what kind of mask do we put on? In our character, when we come to church, what kind of mask do we wear? When we go home, what kind of mask do we wear? Wherever we stand, we have a mask. So when the mirror is telling us about our originality, the mirror is not insulting us and the mirror is not cursing us. That is what Joseph, uh, Jacob was doing. Because I've been praying, I said, why did Jacob curse his children? But as I said it, prayerfully, I came to understand that Jacob did not curse his children. He was telling them who they are and where their character is taking them, where their behavior will take them. Just like you see, Salvation is correction. Why is salvation correction? Salvation is correction because when Adam and Eve were created, they were created in the image of God according to his likeness. When the serpent came and lied to them and they believed the lies of Satan, through the serpents, they lost their original image and they took upon them the image of Satan. So they no longer look like God. They began to reflect the image of Satan. 
they also became liars. They also became deceivers. They started having the behavior, the character, the attitude of Satan, the works of the flesh. By the time they were giving birth to Cain, Cain did not see the character of God in Adam and Eve. Cain saw and copied the character of Satan that had come upon his parents. So when God came and corrected him and told him that, Cain, you are angry and you're about to kill your brother. Remove that anger from you. Cain told God, leave me alone. Am I my brother's keeper? So Cain rejected the correction God was giving him in Genesis chapter 4. So God has to come down to earth, which was what we were studying on Sunday, that Jesus was born to correct our lives, to teach us how to live the righteous life. Because since Adam and Eve, we all were born into sin. We don't know righteousness. So Jesus came, one, to come and save us from sin. Two, how does he save us? By teaching us the word. So he became the bread that we have to eat in order to have the nature of God, the bread of life. So Jesus is the bread of life. So the word of God is the bread that has to nurture us, groom us, and teach us to live like God. Jesus came to redeem. The redemption means to wash away our sins. But that sin cannot be washed away unless we are willing to be taught to learn his ways to live like Jesus, to behave like Jesus, and to copy the character of Jesus. So, after the sin of Adam and Eve, Cain copied that sin, and men began to dwell like Satan. The character of Satan lying, Deception, killing one another, oppressing one another, being angry, bitterness, confusion, division, all comes out of the fact that Satan took the goodness of man and gave man his image. So we, when we sin, we fall short of the glory of God. That is why we have to take note of guilt and know the difference between guilt and conviction. Last week I explained guilt, but I'm going to explain it again in another environment for us to, to understand. 
whenever the truth is spoken and you feel afflicted by the truth, you feel the person is telling you who you are and you don't like what you are hearing, just like when you look in the mirror and your nose is twisted, you don't like it, you start getting angry. And like my friend, you start looking for layers of foundation to put on your face, to mask your face so that nobody will see that your nose is twisted. You start plastering your face. So guilt is a place where our sins are revealed. Our nakedness is revealed. Our misbehavior is revealed. When we see it in our children, we beat them. We hit them, we insult them. Because they are revealing our weaknesses, our, our, our nakedness. We are seeing our nakedness in our children and we get angry. So anytime you hear a preaching that makes you angry, you hear a teaching that makes you angry and you feel this person is talking about me. The pastor is putting me on the altar. They're, they are talking about me. That means you don't want to face the truth and that is guilt. The guilty strain is upon you. Now, what is conviction? Instead of feeling guilty when you hear what you have done, when your sin is being exposed, and you start feeling convicted. Convicted means that you are a true child of God. Conviction means that you are willing to change. Conviction means that you are willing for the Holy Spirit to work on you and take you out of the place of guilt where you will no longer do what you used to do, where you no longer misbehave, where you no longer be identified with Satan. So conviction is the work of the Holy Spirit that does a surgery on your heart on your mind, on your behavior, and your attitude, and gives you opportunity to repent and change your ways and start seeking how you can be beautified by the word of God, how you can be beautified by the presence of the Holy Spirit, how you can be baptized by the Holy Spirit so that all things shall pass away and new things shall come. So guilt is pride. Guilt is rejection of the truth. Guilt is a camouflage wanting you to be whom you are not. Fake. While conviction means you are a true child of God, you are willing to be changed, you respect the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross of Calvary. You respect the works of the Holy Spirit. You are willing to go through spiritual surgery. You are willing to change your life, to change your behavior, your attitude. 
while guilt makes you angry with the truth. And the word of God says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If you don't accept the truth, how can the Holy Spirit save you? How can your salvation be established? So here we are. Jacob was not cursing the children. The whole of this week, I was just seeking the Lord about this. If you have blessed Jacob, while is Jacob cursing the children? But I was made to understand as I studied the word that he was revealing to them what their future is because of their behavior. He was calling them into change because you will see where Levi changed. Today, we are not talking about Levi because I don't want to miss the two. But you will see that at a point, Levi repented. That was why he became a priest. But Simon did not repent. So Simon became one of the missing tribes of Israel. Now, they are the main warriors in Britain, Great Britain, United Kingdom. They can be found among the Danish, the Spartans in Great Britain and in parts of Greece. Beloved, we are studying the truth, that you will know the truth and the truth will make us free. That every mistake we are making today, we see some of our errors in our sons and daughters. And now because some of them are grown up, they won't even listen to our correction. Now they are matured. Once they're above 18, they don't want mommy's correction again. And if you dare correct them, they'll call 911 on you. So you don't even want to touch it. Whatever they want to do, you leave, it, you, you, you leave them to do. Beloved, let us learn wisdom to correct our children. Let us learn wisdom to correct ourselves. Let us be bold and confident to say, hey, son, I used to do this. Hey, daughter, I used to do this. But now, as I know the truth, I am changing. The things I used to do, I will do them no more because salvation means correction. So Jesus came to correct us by teaching us the word. So for three years, Jesus was teaching, teaching, teaching. After he has taught, now he died and shed the blood so that the blood will wash away our sins. So if we don't repent of our sins, we cannot gain forgiveness. Without repentance, there is no remission of sin. We need to repent first in order for the blood of Jesus, the blood of covenant to work for us. That is why the commandment is the place of teaching us how to live the righteous life. And the covenant comes in because we are willing to live the righteous life. The covenant will only speak when we take the correction 
oh my goodness, yesterday, well, on Monday, I saw something very beautiful that I had never seen before. While the worship was going on, and I saw people's tithe rising up in a flame of fire, of praise unto God. I say, wow, this is beautiful. Beautiful. Beloved, only enjoy the covenants because we obeyed the commandments. Because we learn how to walk with God in the light of his word. Everybody, just let's pray for ourselves now. Bow down your heads and let's pray for ourselves. Before we ask questions, let's pray for ourselves. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he shares on our way while we do his goodwill. He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies. But his mouth quickly dries it away. Nor a doubt, nor a fear, nor a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other to be happy in jesus but to trust and obey so at this time, Father, we thank you and we bless you that you reveal to redeem. Anytime you reveal our errors, our mistakes, our weaknesses, our shortcomings, it is because you want us to make corrections and adjustments. You don't reveal our errors and mistakes because you want to condemn or us. You give us revelations telling us what we are doing wrong, what we have done wrong, 
and what the enemy is conspiring against us so that we can quickly come out of it quickly make corrections quickly make adjustments and especially when you reveal to parents what our children are doing wrong it is not for us to concoct bitterness and anger against the revelation but rather it is for us to quickly seek ways and means to correct ourselves, our children, to straighten them up so that we shall not fall into temptation. Your word is bread of life. So in the Lord's prayer, you taught us, give us this day our daily bread, which means give us this day wisdom for correction, knowledge for correction, so that we will not fall into temptation and deliver us from evil and deliver us from evil. Father, today, we thank you for revealing the weaknesses of Simon unto us. That all the mistakes Simon made today has affected the tribe of Simeon. They have become missing. They have scattered. Because anytime they are together with their brethren, they are planning evil. They are conspiring because of the name the mother gave him out of bitterness, out of anger. Because the mother taught him to concoct evil, to conspire, thinking that she was gathering help against Rachel rival uh, rival assistants but she didn't know she was planting evil into the sun today that mistake by leah has affected simon and simon is scattered from israel simon killed a whole nation killed rulers and wanted to kill Joseph in support of his mother. Father, we thank you because you have revealed to redeem. And Lord, knowledge is power. Yeah. Wisdom is guidance. Yeah. Give us the wisdom to guide ourselves against making the same mistakes our mother made, our father made, our great-grandparents made, Father, deliver us from such evils that we would not be found in the midst of satanic conspiracy. Even if our mother put it on us or our father put it on us, Father, let us learn to come out of it. That the blood of Jesus will be made meaningful as the Lord give us this day our daily bread. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. For your word. Thank and Lord, you. I pray that each and every one of us will receive this word and enable us to use it to help our family members, overcome this house, and everybody in our environment. Mm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So correction. Uh, I say correction. Uh, 
question, please. Everybody unmute yourself and let's interact. Any question? Good evening, Dr. Pauline. Hey, good evening, Vivi. Hey, <laughs> long time. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Good to see you, Dr. Pauline. Thank you. I miss you. I missed you too. Thank you for the work. <laughs> Thank you. I have a question, Dr. Pauline. Like, okay. talked about anger as being the uh, character of Satan, but anger, also God uh, uses anger, like righteous anger. So is anger completely a bad thing? Oh, it can it be justified since God's anger is righteous? Okay, thank you for that beautiful question. I was expecting that somebody would ask me that question today, actually. <laughs> now, righteous anger is the anger that uh, when you express, make sure that there is a biblical connotation or connection to it. For instance, the Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child, which means that there is a point of spanking your child, scolding your child, rebuking your child because they did something wrong. And what they did wrong, if you don't uh, use, uh, a, 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 I want to use the right word, uh, a, a kind of uh, something that will cause them to remember. Discipline, Doc. Discipline, thank you very much. If you don't use a proper discipline to correct, they will do it over and over and over again. So if you don't correct your child in the house, they will do it in public, and the public will correct them. And sometimes not just the public corrects them, but the government will correct them by taking them to prison. So it is better we are corrected at home, in the church, at school, rather than where it will become something that the government will take control. So there is a righteous anger so the righteous anger make you correct the situation, the child by discipline. And discipline means you look for the appropriate language, explain why you are trying to discipline the person, explain it to the person. But uh, unrighteous anger, ungodly anger seeks revenge. Revenge is where you want to hurt the person for the person to know that what they did to you is wrong. And that is, on, that, that is not right. And that is also indiscipline, where you want to use wrong to correct wrong. No, don't use wrong to correct wrong. Use goodness to correct wrong. Correct the person in a way that they will understand and they will refrain from it. So sometimes, you know, when people are angry and they start hitting and beating, you have not explained why you are hitting and beating the child. The child doesn't know why you are hitting and beating him. 
So the child will do it again. And sometimes if the child has a revengeful spirit, that child will do it in a worse manner again so that you get more angry. And that is not right. Have I answered you? Um, yes, you have answered my question. Um, since you have mentioned um, unrighteous anger or ungodly anger, can jealousy also be righteous jealousy and ungodly jealousy? Because um, God uh, loves us, like um, he is jealous over his children. He doesn't want the devil to, he doesn't want them to be in God, uh, in the devil's hands. So can jealousy also be righteous when uh, it comes to God? <laughs> yes, yes. You see, because God loves us, he even sent Jesus Christ to die for us. So that is a protective jealousy that God used to shield us from the devil. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, whether we like it or not, almost every parent has a spirit of jealousy over their children. Without the spirit of jealousy, parents will not care for their children. So there is a righteous jealousy. But jealousy is bad when you want to fight and behave as though you are the alpha and omega over your own child. So you have to be careful how you protect people around you. For instance, your little children, your little sister, yeah. she can't fight for herself. Yeah. So you have to protect her. You have to guard her. You have to make sure that nobody takes advantage of her. So that is a little bit of jealousy, but it's not a wicked jealousy. It's a yeah. lively jealousy to make sure that she's protected and she's walking in the fear of God and nobody is luring her into perdition. So there is righteous jealousy and there is evil jealousy. Evil jealousy, oh my goodness. You oh, whatever you are doing, the person feel it should not be you, it should be them. So they will look for a way to disgrace you, to embarrass you. To, yeah. to put shame on you so that you would not be appreciated and honored. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Have I answered you? Yes, you have answered my question. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Any other question? You see why I was missing you? Because you were not around to be asking me questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any other question, please? <laughs> No more questions? Okay, if there is no more questions, then reflection. Reflection, please. Otherwise, I have to start calling names. Everybody, unmute yourself. I can't hear you. All right. Now I'm going to do names calling. Sister Ulele, what did you learn today?
Are you still at work, Sister Uleli? Princess Jody Brown, what did you learn today? Princess Shala? Wow, everybody's on mute. All right, Dr. Paulina, I will go. All right, thank you. All right, so I've learned that Simeon, who was a second child for Leah and Jacob, means that God has heard that Jacob preferred my sister, Rhea. I also learned that we should not be angry because when we're angry, it is not good for us to make a decision. So we were encouraged that we should not make decisions when we are angry because that, that, that anger has the ability to stop our brain from thinking rational. And that's all I will say tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Shall we all appreciate her? All right. All right. Yeah. Any other reflection, please? Um, good evening, Dr. Pauline. Good evening, ma'am. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. There's something you brought out this evening that I had never looked at it like that. Um, when Joseph discovered his, his brothers and he decided to hold Simeon um, in prison as a, as a safekeeping, I never saw it that he was looking back at the at who Simeon is or what his character is when it comes to anger and deceit. And that he holding Simeon was a way of protect ensuring that his brothers um, remain alive and that um, he was able to see his small brother again. I never saw it as a protective move. I was just seeing it as just as it looks that, you know, he, he was holding him as ransom. Um, he wanted to make sure that if he hold on to one of them, that you know, the re what he asked for will happen. I never saw it as a strategic move on his part. So that is an eye-opener for me tonight that um, uh, Joseph remembered how deceitful Simeon could be and that the journey back to Canaan would possibly be a treacherous one and that things would not turn out um, as he wanted it to be. Um, also, um, yes, that 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 was that 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 stand out to me tonight. 
um, that stand out to me tonight. So that's what I'm sharing, that part of it. Thank you. Shall we appreciate Reverend Athia? Very good. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Sister Nisha. All right. Mrs. Sinclair. Dr. Foley. Yes. How um, are you? How is Jamaica? Jamaica is hot. <laughs> nice. It's warm and nice. Praise God. Yes. Um, two things that I walk away with uh, from tonight's teaching. One is that we I know prior to now, but even more so now that we have to be careful of the names that we give to our children, you know, because um, sometimes um, children, you know, the name that we give to our children is acted out in their, you know, in their behavior, their character and their attitude. Um, there was a movie, Damien Omen, and um, like in that uh, time and era, everybody was giving their kids Damien. And um, it's spelled two different ways. And one um, is like demonic. So I remember giving my son um, the name Damien. And I was so, I wanted to change that name, but then I realized it was two different spelling. But here you talk about um, Leah, um, you know, what the names uh, that she gave her children meant. And um, we saw where uh, Simeon, because of his name, was very angry, he was bitter because she was using it as what we would say in our country, abandoning, you know, like, uh, like, as you say, sarcastic, you know, sarcasm in the name. And um, that was reflected in Simeon's life. Um, another thing um, I walk away with uh, from um, tonight's teaching was the fact that, um, uh, Not so much anger. They, um, oh my goodness, I'm just my other part. Um, well, anyway, you talk about uh, the different uh, stages of anger, and um, I didn't see it, you know, from that perspective. I know anger is anger, and I know you always talk about anger at the principality level, but then you highlighted it because you know, angry. Yes, we can all say we get angry, but then uh, when it comes to um, like anger at a principality level is where you know we'd want to kill someone where you want to um as you said shame and disgrace someone uh retaliate you know we we, we spite someone you know and um <laughs> that anger you know that you said is uh the principality level of anger i was like wow because i didn't see it, you know from that perspective you know i know you know some people display anger where Yes, they would kill, but I didn't, you know, realize that it was at a principality level, you know, you, you know, where it's demonic, where it's uh, satanic, you know, and um, that was eye-opening to me. Uh, um, there was one other point, I'm just trying to find it where I just got it. Um, I really stopped there because I, um, I can't find where I, where I wrote it. 
Oh, and the part where you said the anger will attract blessing or curses. Like um, when we pray, like sometimes we nullify our own prayer because, you know, we get angry and, um, you know, it attracts blessing and curses. And um, when you talk about Joseph, not Joseph, Jacob, when he was blessing his children, and um, we often see it, you know, like, okay, they were cursed or he cursed them. But then, you know, you say it wasn't that he was cursing them, but he was revealing to them their true identity. And sometimes when, you know, someone tell us, you know, they see something, you know, in us and they tell us who we are or because of our behavior or character, you know, they point out who we are. You know, we don't want to really hear that. We get even more angry. You know, you talk about that woman who, you know, uh, cover, you know, the scars in her face with makeup. And that's what some of, well, I could, I'm not talking about, you know, any overcome, but I'm just saying in general, that's what some people do. You know, we cover our, um, our negative behavior, you know, like, you know, as you say, we come to church and we put on our very best, but who are we when we go home? What do we do when we go home? I remember I used to take care of uh, patients. I used to see patients in the community. And, you know, some of these patients, when they come to the office to visit, they dress, you know, appropriate, well put together, looking fine, looking elegant. But then when you go to do a home visit, you know, the homes are like rubbish heaps. You know, like some of the homes needed deep cleaning. Some of the homes, you wonder, how do they live there? You know, because it's, you know, it's infested with rodents and roaches and uh, all kind of garbage and stuff like that. And I always wondered to myself, I said, why these people could look so beautiful coming outside, but then when you go into their home, their home is so, you know, ravished and so, you know, dirty and need deep cleaning. I said, what is this? But then, you know, as you point out about, um, you know, like the, uh, when, jo when Jacob was revealing their character, you know, it made me want to look closely at myself. What am I displaying? You know, am I putting on a show? What needs to be corrected in my life? What do I need to work on? You also talk about yourself with the anger where you said, you know, the Lord said, if, you know, you continue to display your mother's behavior, then he can't use you. And sometimes, you know, like, uh, if somebody's getting angry and you say, oh, you're angry, they might say, oh, I'm not angry. But then the tone, you know, the volume, you know, that we are hearing is telling us that they're angry, but then, you know, they can't see themselves that they are angry. So you pointing out, you know, the fact that Jacob was just telling them who they are, it really, that part really, you know, I, I pay attention, more attention to that part tonight. That's the part that I walk away with. And I just want to stop there, that's the problem. Amen, amen, amen. Shall we appreciate uh, Mrs. Sinclair? <laughs> Any other person before we close? Okay, before we close, everybody take your, your communion, either water or element, whatever you have. And we are going to pray that let the word of God change our ways. Let the purpose of Christmas Jesus came to come and give us an example of the character of God. 
Jesus came to come and teach us how to be like God. He came. He was born in a manger, a place of, you know, oh my goodness. If God should tell you that, I'm going to give you a baby, but I want you to go and live among sheep, goats. You will say, Satan, I bind you. But God himself chose. Oh my God. He deliberately made the inn to be full. The hotel was full so that Jesus would be born in a manger because Mary and Joseph would not understand. Today, what are we learning? Humility, simplicity, the fear of God. How to manage the word of God in our lives. How to use the word of God to guide us. How to use revelation of the word of God. To clean, to purify. I was busy asking God. Why did Jacob curse people that you have blessed? And the Lord said, no, that's not a curse. The seed their mother planted became their behavior, their attitude. And Jacob is looking and seeing that their whole life, their whole destiny, is fashioned around the bitterness of their mother, the anger of their mother, the utterances of their mother, the war that their mother was fighting with Rachel. Mm. Mothers, how many wars are we fighting? How are we fighting our wars? What are we saying to our children? What are they learning from us? Is there a place in heaven for us and for our children? How are we building our mansions? Our behavior is either gathering stones and mortar for building our mansions, or our behavior is scattering. We are bitter, we are angry. Let's go, let's go. Pour it out, release it. You cannot say you are forgiven when you are not making the forgiveness real, when you are not putting the stones and the water and the sun together to make a mortar to build. We have to learn to put the stones, the water, the sand, and the cement together so that the challenges does not destroy us, but make us. The challenge is to become wisdom and knowledge unto us. Anytime we receive a revelation, whether it is sweet or sour, it is time to develop wisdom. It is time to gather knowledge. It is time to make corrections. It is time to straighten ourselves. Christmas means Jesus came to come and correct, to come and show us how to live. 
so that we can return to our Father God. Father, we thank you, we bless you, we worship you, we adore you, we magnify your name because there is none like you, no one else, no one else can touch our hearts like you do. We can search throughout eternity and find no one like you, Jesus, because tonight we have learned a new lesson that Joseph did not curse his children, but rather calling their attention to the things they are doing wrong that they shouldn't do. And then bless them for what you want them to be. Father, we thank you for opening our eyes of understanding to understand spiritual, physical, material, emotional, and financial things. We love you, Lord. Father, I pray for each and every family here that you will not be angry with the truth, but would rather receive the truth. For we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. Let the word of God remake our hearts that every stoning heart, every stubborn heart will be turned into the heart of flesh. A heart that responds to conviction of the Holy Spirit that we shall no longer be guilty of our wrongdoing, but we shall rather surrender to the Holy Spirit to melt us and remake us. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus was shed to wash away our sins. Thank you for giving us Jesus. And thank you for teaching us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Everybody, take your communion, Reverend Peace. Are you able to pray or are you at work? Reverend Peace, are you able to pray? Okay, maybe she's at work. So, um, uh, Mrs. Sinclair, can you pray for us, please? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the teaching that we have received tonight. Father, we thank you for your word, oh Lord God. Lord, we ask that you cause your word to resonate us, Lord that it will change your heart, change your mind, transform our mind, oh God, to the things of you, that we will walk, Lord God, according to your likeness and your image as you have created us, oh Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, even as we have, you know, prepared to take these elements that represent your blood and represent your body, Lord, we ask, Lord God, that you use it, Lord God, to purify to our hearts, Lord, to flush out anything in us, the character, the behavior in us that is not of you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, you said in your word that as often as we do it, we should do it in remembrance of you and remember your work on the cross, your blood that you shed for us, your blood that restore us unto you, Lord God, your blood that purify and purge us, Lord, your blood that wash and cleanse us. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for tonight, oh Father. And Lord, even as we eat, we do it in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Shall we share the oh, announcement, please?
Evanafia, do you have any announcements? Um, just to remind us um, that we're having um, watch night service on the 31st of December at 9 p.m. in the church. And on Friday, we still have our um, family prayer. And um, New Year's morning, we'll have service at our regular time. So um, we're having service at 11 o'clock. So all are invited. Amen. 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 And right. I am not sure um, how many people have booked their rooms. Um, I know the time has passed. Um, but if there's anyone else who wish to book their rooms, please let me know. Um, also, um, I'm about to go and order the meals. And the number that I have, I cannot guarantee above a certain amount. So whoever is desiring to be there, you need to make a deposit so that um, we won't have an issue with food. Okay, thank you. Reverend Nathia, hello. Yes. Then I come up, but I'm desiring everything, but I'll, I'll you know, see you when I come. <laughs> I, I know your room is already booked, so I have your name. Okay. Okay, thanks. Okay. Okay, everybody. Uh, there are places we can do last minutes. There are places we cannot do last minutes. Now, at the moment, one night in almost every hotel is about $200 plus. God has granted us favor and they are giving it to us way, 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 way back below. I travel a lot and I tell you, recently I paid 300 and something dollars per night in a hotel. So for them to give, giving us the room for how much? 100 and is it 19? The average is 130. Hmm. That is so cheap. I have not paid that in a long time. This is a special favor. And the time they give to us is past. If you want to share a room with somebody, talk to the person they will not deduct the money. Just go ahead and book. They won't deduct the money until you check in. Please book. The last hotel bill I paid was 320 something dollars a night. Please book your room on time. And also we cannot book food for you and it's not a place you can just get food anywhere, anywhere. So you need to make sure that you talk to Reverend Afia. Otherwise, there'll be an issue with meals. 10 people's meals will not be able to feed 30 people who will appear. So please do that. And Ooh, the last but not the least, I will ask everybody's uh, concession. We have been doing 
uh, all sharing training, interactive training on Thursdays. This will be the last Thursday. Are you all available to be there on Thursday, this Thursday, which will be the last training? If I don't get a response, which means everybody is saying yes. Dr. Paul, it is a holiday weekend. Maybe they want the time. You are speaking for yourself. I want everybody to speak for themselves. Unless you want to tell me that they have called you. No, no one has called me. I'm just okay, saying so that. So let everybody speak for themselves, please. I beg you. Okay. Let everybody speak for themselves. No, I will not be there. Please. Okay, thank you, Reverend Peace. Who else will not be there? Okay, so, so far, Reverend Althea and Reverend Peace will not be there. All of us, we are coming. It's interactive. We are discussing openly like we did last week. We are just bearing our mind. We want, to, we want to make sure that the church is a beautiful place to come. We want to make sure that everybody is happy when they come to church. So it's not a pressure thing. It's just a, you know, like we did last week, everybody is sharing ideas on how to improve our ushering and evangelistic department, okay? So thank you all for willing to come and God bless you. It will be at seven o'clock on Zoom, okay? We are just coming to share for about one hour. We are talking about how we want things to be nice and beautiful, okay? And I love you for that. God bless you. It will be our last meeting for the year. All right. And so uh, for 31st night, because we have the 31st night, and then we are back on Sunday morning. Anybody who wants to stay over on Friday night. On Saturday night. On Saturday night. Please let us know so that we, we are prepared to you know, move things around and make sure that the, we, used to, we all used to stay at Overcomers House and sleep overnight before. You know, we haven't done it for a while, but it's a beautiful place to have a good night. So if you want to sleep over, please let us know so that uh, we make that provisions available for you. Okay? Okay. All right. Okay. So shall we share the grace? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forever. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. And everybody, please keep your fast. The reason why we are not meeting to pray every night is because of the holiday. We don't want anybody to feel pressurized, but keep your fast and everybody you are praying that the Lord will cause us to cross over, not just into 2023, but into many, many more uh, 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 decades 
into centuries. Centuries, hundred years. If there is anybody who is maybe below fifty, maybe you get hundred more years if you cross over into a century. But let us pray that God will give us from four, five, six decades ahead that we are crossing over. Amen. 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 God bless you, and see you tomorrow, uh, no, Thursday on the line, and uh, Friday on the line, then Saturday at Uvakame's house. Love you and have a sweet